Hey everybody, welcome back to the Hyrith and Other Words podcast. I am your host, Timothy Mangle. And uh, for those of you watching the video, it might look a little different than my uh, bedroom um, or just this room I have, but uh, I'm with my mom, Margaret Kinsey, and uh, we are in her barn. This is, uh, yeah, this is not what a normal barn looks like. But uh, I just want everyone to just take a second and appreciate everything that's happening in the background right now. But uh, hi, Mom. Welcome hi. back on the podcast. Thank you. Yeah. I asked to come back again. Yeah, which is nice. I mean, I was trying to do, I don't know. I I was doing like on and off solo episode and then having somebody on and then going back and forth with that. Last week was somebody was on, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to do another one with somebody else because I don't know. It's nice to have a conversation, and it's really nice when people reach out to me and like you're like, I want to come on the podcast and talk about something, and I'm like, that's great. That makes my life a lot easier. So, uh, just that being said, if you want to come on the podcast and you have something you want to talk about, reach on out, and uh, we'll we'll set something up. We'll make this happen. But well, this yeah. one, you know, I thought it really touches on miracles. It touches on gratuity. Mm. It touches on love thy neighbor and helping everybody and stuff. So I thought this is a great topic because it kind of brings everything together what would you name this episode if you were going to name this episode um i'll give you, i'll give you the option to name it okay go ahead no oh i thought you were going to give me options no 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 no, no i mean I'll i'm going to be no i mean go ahead pick a name i would just say it's about uh, it's a it's a classic example of people working together. So mm -hmm. how would you word that together? I don't know. The benefits of United working together. The, yeah, there you go. So I don't know. So, okay. So we did this in the barn because I don't know. Do you want to tell the story behind this yes, place? Okay, I have a tale to go. tell. Because I'm not going to tell it. You tell it better than I do. So and plus you'll ahead. ruin it. But <laughs> <laughs> if he tells you stuff after I die, look it up because he's probably not right. He's probably off by a year or two or a person fine. or two. <coughs> Don't ask Kimmy either. She doesn't know. Tell the story. <coughs> All right. So here's the story. The way the story, the way the tale goes. Okay. So this started out, we had this old barn and it was just full of junk and, and there was no way. It was, when I bought the farm, mom and dad already had it 35 years. So everybody over the last 35 years had put all their stuff in here and, you know, and so. So it was just like a storage place. Yes. For, and it had file cabinets, everybody's bicycles and, you know, it was just computers and whatever else anybody didn't want in the family they would bring it down here and stick it in the barn so the idea I never thought about using it for anything because it was just so full of stuff you know but anyhow I started this group this spiritual group on uh, the sacred path learning the lessons of the Native Americans and we had about uh, you know the group fluctuated 15 20 girls you know so we're kicking it all summer long and then in the winter we're all in my little living room mm-hmm and all the girls were like, I mean, there was literally like six of them sitting on the sofa, two of them on the low, you know, I mean, we were bringing chairs in from the outside and I was sitting on the floor in the middle giving the class. There just wasn't any room. So I said to the girls, this is where I made my mistake. I said to the girls, pray that somehow we get more room to have our parties. Well, or to have our classes. Well, like two or three nights later, this tornado comes through, which never happened in the 50 years I've been here. We've never had a tornado that did any kind of damage, you know. And so I was at the back door doing dishes, and the guy that has the, the uh, uh, Christmas tree, and he never comes to the house. He knocked on the back door. 
And he goes, listen, you got a problem. He said, your roof is looks like a sardine can. He said, half of it came off, and the problem is this part ripped up because mm-hmm. the, it came from the back up. Mm-hmm. And he said, it's going to land on the road, mm. which, you know, people come up over the hill, and there's, you know. I said, what are you talking about? Because when I looked at the front of the barn from the house, you couldn't tell anything, you know. Right. So I came down here and uh, looked, and sure enough, it's like, it really was a big circle, the roof, and it was going bang, but bang, bang. And I'm thinking, oh my God, it's going to blow, you know? So that was, and then this whole side had fallen down. Mm. And I thought, well, we're done. You know, that's the end of that barn. And, and now I got to worry, I'm gonna, somebody's going to get hurt. Like, I didn't know whether to put cones up or what. Or So I ran up to the house, and I, I either called Don or Johnny, I'm not sure which one. The crisis people. I'm like, oh, he's got a problem. The roof's coming off the barn. <laughs> and he's like, well, do you have insurance? I said, oh, yeah, I have insurance on the house, but they didn't cover the house or the barn, you know. So they go, well, you better call and check. So I called, and sure enough, they're like, yeah, your barn's covered. I said, you're kidding me. I said, who's paying for that? They're like, you are. I'm like, oh, my God. They said, is there any damage to the outhouse? That's covered, too. I said, no. <laughs> the outhouse stayed, but the roof came off the house, and it came off the barn. And like I said, this side fell down. So luckily they had this tornado catastrophe team and they came and, you know. And what year is this? It was 2011. Okay. Because we got married with the tarp on the house. Okay. Yeah. Me and you? No, uh, Ray and I, we got married. I had to take, we had to take the tarp off the day before the wedding because they hadn't replaced the house roof yet. I know. But anyhow, you know, you say to yourself, if that didn't kill you, nothing will, you know. Mm -hmm. And so when I found out we had insurance, I thought, oh, okay, at least we can get a roof on it again and. And I thought, and, and all of a sudden the light just went off. I'm like, Bing, I, this is a miracle, what this is, because they would have to shore up the, the barn and everything, you know, and I thought, we got a, we got a room. And I, first thing I did before I even called anybody else, I just got on the list of the girls, and I'm like, we got a room, we got a room, we just have to empty it and fill it up, and we can, you know, and it won't work all year, but, you know, so anyhow, to make a long story short, um, that's what happened. That's how we got it, by the grace of God. And those girls, I said to every, all I said was, pray that we get a room. And boy, you never know how your prayers are going to be answered, you know. And if you can, sometimes this is the other thing. Sometimes what looks like a tragedy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember thinking I'm going to have a heart attack and fall down right here on the lawn because how am I supposed to fix that, you know? Yeah. And um, I, my first thought was I got to knock the whole thing over. That was my first thought. Yeah, and that would have been just, that would have been really hard for you. I mean, I haven't I couldn't imagine. You know, like I remember uh, when my dad when I was really young, my dad lived in this house on off of 61 in Haven and I was driving by it one day and they were tearing it down I'm like oh god that's yeah. traumatic to see so I couldn't imagine coming into this place and tearing it down and we moved it here when 2009 no when did we move here no yeah it's when I graduated so that's not right Seven, six, five, probably somewhere well I bought it I bought it in 1998 oh really geez okay so you were yeah. 11 yeah yeah, That's I remember, when we moved in. Okay, yeah, because I remember when I when we moved in, that it it was just exactly how you said it was, just filled with, um, filled with, uh, yeah, just random junk and yeah, just you were random playing people's in stuff. Here. You were running yeah, around, yeah, I remember there was a uh, skeleton back in that one of these rooms back here, and I was s- super terrified of it. And that like night, I would try to like sneak in with my friends and whatnot and see it. But uh, yeah, I mean, obviously it it looks very different now and. I'm sure not everybody who listens to this knows this, but like 
my mom does parties in here. She does events oh, yeah, every cool. once in a while. We, you were, I mean, a couple of years ago, we were having like yard sales and stuff in here, and yeah, to empty uh, it out. We yeah. did that. We well, no, and also sale. like you had, because I remember Ben and Des came over and they were selling products, and I did that. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We had like solstice. That's what it was. Yeah, the stuff. Yeah. And, I mean. Uh, Psychic or fairs. Fair, that's yeah, the word. Yeah, we had the psychic yeah. fairs too, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this place has just been, you know, it it sat vacant or just as a, like a storage thing for the longest time, and then it just became this place where people could commune and whatever. And my favorite uh, thing about this place, I think, is watching people's reactions when they come in for the first time, because people just expect it to be kind of like a barn or like run down or whatever, not be like overflowing with pastel colors and all of i don't know just a lot of light and and life and and all of that well, stuff the best part about it too after that happened is we you know we managed to get as a team we got an emptied and all you know and i actually had to pay some people to come in you know and then like i said they shored up the sides and then uh, we put the floor in in the bar and then what the best part about it to me was i didn't buy anything for in here mm. i either had it or someone brought it mm -hmm. so it really cost us nothing yeah. Which that, you know, at that point, it's a gift from God when, when it doesn't cost you anything, you know. Yeah. The only thing I brought down was the jukebox. Everything else was donated. And the jukebox and is right behind my head for those of you who are watching. Yeah, because everybody should have one of those. But um, You have two of those. You got one up in the house and one <laughs> down here. And Yeah. And I've, I've always appreciated. I can't do commercials. <laughs> <laughs> I've always appreciated you. That about you is just, yeah. I don't know. I, I've always been a big fan, and my girlfriend knows this who's sitting off mic, but I'm a really big fan of just being coming home and just p turning on music and not letting the music stop. I don't know. I mean, I, the, partly I believe that that is just because of being your son and just... You were raised by it. It's like Maria you know. from The Sound of Music. I was running around singing to her whole life or playing music. Yeah. That's how I was raised, too. Really? Was, uh, yep. Just the radio had, or records always no, on? No, Dad had the basement going. He had done that in a barbershop. Oh, really? Yeah, because yeah, I remember, so, uh, that's funny. I guess in, in our family, we like to decorate rooms and... In well, a theme, and well, then have music, and you have to sit there and listen to the music. That's well, what we do for fun. Yeah, it's really weird. I, I think it's, <laughs> I think there's something, because this is relatively new in, if you look at, like, the span of, like, humans as a species, and you look at the amount of time that we've had rooms and like houses or things that we could really decorate and personalize it's only been the last couple you know maybe a thousand plus years but not really that long in the grand scope of human beings you know what i mean yeah so it's it's interesting and i wonder about this because i don't this has just been something i've been thinking about is i wonder why we have such a strong desire to make a place look ex you know aesthetically beautiful or even to collect things or to own things. I, I think that's. I just. I can't fully wrap my head well, around. We couldn't take pictures. So yeah. if you went on a trip, it's like let me. This will remind me visually mm. of that trip. Or yeah, and know, I think. I memories mean, memories and stuff like that. I right. Imagine. Yeah. When I. Yeah, and just being, and just being able to, I don't know, because it's it's part of self-expression to be able to present who you are in a you know blank canvas which is a house and i feel bad for people who live in like apartments and stuff who can't paint their house however they want or whatever and you know you the know? way i was raised too is like i said dad walked past a barbershop in philly and he wanted to redo his basement and put a bar in and so he bought the contents of the barbershop and you know he bought the football and all the the, mm -hmm. the mirrors and the, the razors and everything mm -hmm. the chairs and 
And he did. He, he bought bar stools and he painted them. Oh, no, he put the... They were white and... Uh, they were red with, like, white and red stripes. And then he made striped poles for the bar and all. I mean, the whole thing was done in this... But then he also... That's where I got the gumball machine. Mm-hmm. That came from yeah. the barbershop. And that match machine over there that distributes matches. That was from the bar- barbershop. And so, and like I said, he would put the music down in his stereo, and then he would um, sit in his barber chair and listen to the music in the bar, you know, and entertain his friends and stuff, Mm -hmm. you know. Well, that's another thing is I think it's that this is a really great place to just be able to. But like I said, that's how I was raised. Mm. Like there was no, oh, you can't do that, you know. You know, he had 13 kids here, so he bought a fire engine and holes around him, you know? Right, yeah. So, I mean, in our, if he gave me a hard time, I would just say, seriously, Dad, like, there's an Indian in your living room. So <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, he so... He couldn't yell at you for it. Let's... Okay, because now I feel like we're just talking about, like, our family history, and I'm sure people care about that to some degree, but let's talk about something... Okay, let's talk about the spiritual end of right. this, you know? Yeah. Well, like I said, we were going to hit on miracles, and then we were going to hit on... What I think's amazing is what happened when all everybody just pitched in. Mm. I mean, they because it wasn't stuff they had. It was stuff that they didn't want anyhow. So mm-hmm. they were calling me up saying, "Do you want this table and chairs? I don't want it anymore. Do you want these booths? Do you want the?" And I'm like, "Okay, you know," because I just let it was really weird. I just let the miracle happen. Like I didn't tell anybody no. So whatever they brought, I would just walk around and find a spot for it, you know. And then it gave them a sense of ownership because they would come over and they're like, oh, I gave you that lamp. I gave you that, mm. you know, like those things above your head were from mm-hmm. Kimmy. Right. So I, and George gave me the, 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 the dragon. dragon. Right. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I know where all of it came from too. And I can look around too and see the, the gifts from everybody. And Right. And that I think is what makes it so unique. I can't even tell people. I said you have to come down and see it because you can't describe it. No, you can't. You know? Well, that's. I would encourage you if you're listening to the audio version of this and you don't normally uh, watch the videos, just jump on either the Hyrith in other words Facebook page or the uh, YouTube channel, and you will see a video. And yeah, I would just really encourage you to do that because I what we're talking about, you can't really kind of just you can't describe it in. Until you yeah, see it. Right, you, you need to kind of just be love. sitting. Right. You know, well, literally see the love that everybody left here, mm-hmm. you know? And I think it's, and I think that goes back to whatever we were talking about earlier is this idea of people like to see, you know, people like to come in here and be like, that's that my thing that yes. I can, my piece that I've given to the mosaic, right? right? And right. I think that that subconsciously goes back to what we kind of feel on the inside of what is what we want. We want to be able to come into a, a place and leave something that makes it more beautiful, you know? Right. And I think and there's I th- that sense of group and I belong right. and right. you know and, and face it it's it's it came out not only cool it's like the coolest place ever you know yeah. so I mean they had something to be proud of you know? right well and even I think it's what you're I I really loved I kind of want to go back to this kind of talking about miracles is you didn't what you said is you didn't force it and you just kind of let it happen however it was yeah. going to happen the more and cool it, stuff they brought the more i was like okay well, I right just, and that's like, well hold on that's what i was going to say is like it just continued to turn into whatever it was supposed to be which was the best version of itself yeah. and i feel like at least coming from a evangelical christian world or something like that it's there's so much of this trying to force your agenda your narrative or your perspective on how things should be onto the universe and trying to coerce a meal cold to go how you want it but it's like no you're supposed to kind of work concurrently with the universe and then well what is and it's that's another thing is like well what does the universe want and apparently for some reason it wanted this place and 
I mean, not for, you know, we know why, just because of everything that we've been able to do with this spot. Yeah. But it's, I, I really do appreciate the idea of people, there's a wind chime in the background, if you can I just hear got that. that at the dollar store, $5. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's very pretty. That. that looks, it suits you very well. Um, but yeah, I, I really do like this, that the idea of people coming together to, people coming together to take things that they don't necessarily need or want but finding a place for it and and bringing it back into the whole because i think that's again just another super important message to understand about how reality works and you know and like i said you couldn't have planned it if you tried it it Mm. had to be everybody coming in they they would come in and go oh i have something at home that's perfect for this i'll be Mm. back and they would go home and bring it back Mm -hmm. and i'm like okay let's hang it up where do you want it yeah and so that that freedom of just making it into our space Mm. and then like i said the reason i wanted to do the podcast too because it's been 10 years Mm. so we've had 10 years of fun in here yeah you know we've had the property for 59 years now in the family but yeah. yeah but 10 years at the barn's actually been done up to to do this you know and uh and everybody that came and did parties too they cleaned up afterwards you know i really didn't have to you know run after everybody and yeah there's there never been respect for the place even mm. though it's you know a barn and yeah well and i think i think that goes back to people seeing the love and this is going this is kind of something i was thinking about when we were talking about this earlier is i think once you it you know light attracts light and kind of once that ball gets rolling it it continues to roll so once you start something like this where it's like okay let's all just put as much love and energy into this as you're willing to dispense but let's do it like genuinely and with you know a full heart and then it turns into a place you know i i i wonder a lot about residual energy of like when you put energy into a thing and how that remains over time because there is things lose their novelty or their spark or their whatever over time it's like well how do you keep something fresh and i do think a huge part of that is people taking ownership in whatever the thing is instead of just trying to take 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 because that's the thing that empties you know the energy that was originally put into this what you know my i agree with that yeah i do so what i would mean by that is like you have this place that is i i think people continually come in here and fill it with love and whatever so it it holds it and it, it's willing to give it back an example of that is i remember hearing one time this uh hindu follower some some he he was a follower of eastern religion to some degree but he was at a uh, temple that had what he kept describing as a very powerful icon and the interviewer was like well elaborate on that because i don't know what you mean and he's like well he's like a good icon or a good space or a good religious figure or whatever will be crafted so perfectly that it will be able to not just hold the love that you give to it but it will be able to return Return in response in in a greater way and and again it kind of goes back to what i was saying about miracles is like once you start being like hey i want this thing or i like and my heart is pure in it and i'm pursuing it in the right way and you know if if it's the universe's desire or whatever and it sees you kind of locking 
you know, matching up with that, of course, everything is going to start to well, flow. Well, don't you think, too, that 20 people sincerely wanting something like that? I right. think that's what happened, too, is we all, I said, hey, just pray that we get this. And everybody was like, yeah, we really, and I think that their prayer simultaneously going mm-hmm. up, too. Because mm-hmm. there is something to say about prayer groups and, and people praying it, and, yeah. you know. Well, we, Jamie and I, we had a little bit of a conversation in the car talking about prayer, and especially prayers in regards to miracles or something like that um because i think we were uh, our experience with the church was you know very much this idea of like you can do miracles miracles are very much so a thing and they can happen and if if it was very much seemed to be very correlated to how much you believe or actually trust in the thing and i understand why but it I don't know. It just seemed like there was no sort of way to be like, listen, sometimes things don't go your way, and that's just another thing. Like, sometimes the universe is just whatever, and I think I saw too many people trying to beat down that door and be like, give us what we want, instead of, like I was saying earlier, trying to walk in 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 line with the universe and walk in step with the universe, and then whatever the will of the universe is it'll magic you know it'll be a miracle it'll manifest miraculously in your life is what i'm trying to say if it's right for you or not right like there's a saying i always love this god answers every prayer Mm -hmm. it's just sometimes the answer is no but every prayer is answered Mm -hmm. so people are like he's not hearing me and yeah he is and if he's saying no it's not happening it's because there's something else better it's always for the betterment right but then, like you said, people are like, well, I'm just going to plow through this anyhow. And then they end up with a mess, you know, and it's like, well, that's a so this isn't really on topic necessarily. But I would like to get your thoughts on this is what do you do when you pray and pray and pray and then something doesn't happen? I assume that it's for my best. Mm, that's really good. I really do. Like, I don't I'll push it maybe a little bit. But <laughs> if there's something that, you know, it just keeps going, no, 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 no. Then I'm mm-hmm. just like, that's it, even though it makes sense and it's perfect. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's really good. Because I mean, fuck. yeah, I'm done fighting the universe. Yeah, and I think well, it see, doesn't work. That's I. I see this. I'm. I've been thinking about this lately, and just how this. There's a very curious verse in the Bible, which is a redundant statement because a lot of the, almost all of them are very curious. But there's this one part where Jesus, Jesus's disciples, see John, an, another group of disciples, and they're all praying, and they have prayers that they pray, and rituals that they do, and stuff like that. But Jesus never teaches any of his disciples that stuff. And that's why when the Lord's Prayer, Jesus gives that out of a response to, to the disciples being like, hey, we don't know how to pray. And Jesus is like, oh. And he says this, like, if you need to pray, pray this. And that's where how he sets up the Lord's Prayer. Don't you think it's just because he was just wants you to talk to God, like without that, and I think, you know, I think just... I think it's more than just talking. I think it's a full embodiment of God. You know, it's and I think... I think prayer does a does us a little bit of a disservice because it's so easy to be like, well, when I pray, I'm praying to somebody who's off doing. He's he's off somewhere pulling the levers. So I'm like, God, I need whatever, and he's like, okay, da, 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 da. and he's like, well, this person also needs this, and this person needs this, so I got to figure out how to balance it all. <laughs> they did that in Bruce Almighty. Remember that movie? Yeah, yeah. He when he has all like, the emails, yeah, and right. he just goes, just yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then got everything, everything they wanted. Yeah. yeah, and like, and life wasn't great, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, and I think that God, Bruce Almighty is a really good movie. Yeah, it's funny. Um, but I, uh, I, I don't know. I think 
for me as I got older with my prayer life is is more about learning to be content and uh, just surrendering to whatever happens as the thing that's supposed to happen. Right. So you, I I don't really find myself because I spent so long for so many different reasons in prayer, just you know for for just for every reason under the sun. And most of the time, my prayers were answered with no. And I feel like a lot of people, at least in my generation or younger, that's a lot of the reasons that they're not n- interested in spirituality or anything like that is because they've found themselves very... Well, it's not the Sears catalog, you know? <laughs> right. The, wish, the Christmas well, catalog. See but, that's, see, but that's the problem is I think that... I, think I mean, that, it is. You can ask for whatever you want. But right. But I think, I think we were presented with this idea of just that God was similar to Santa, yeah. Is just like just ask Santa what you want and he'll give it to you. And I don't think that that's necessarily the truth. Um, just out of pure. Well, you have to remember also that it's a school mm-hmm. and people are here to learn. So if I just say, just give me all the answers to the algebra test, right? You know, you're not going to learn algebra, right. right? Right. Yeah. So some of it is because really, what you really learn in, in life is what you did wrong, not what you did right. What you mm. did right is great and all that, but what you did wrong is what sticks with you. <laughs> more, more than what I did right, you know? Well, that's, isn't that so. interesting? And I think, I I don't know. There's a part of me that I think that, I think, and we'll swing this back into the barn, but I think people genuinely have a dry, and I, I believe this the older I get, and I think a lot of people get more jaded about people and all of those things that, as they get older, but for me, I'm like, no, I think most people are trying to do their best. It's just the world and circumstances and their jobs and childhood trauma, whatever it is, was enough to just send that person down a terrible road. But I think most people are trying to to run up that hill the best that they can, you know? And so well, I think people don't know what makes them happy either, son. Well, you know, like... Hold on, let me finish my thought. I think when people see places like this or people like you who are intentional about opening up that place of yes and and love and and openness and whatever i think people obviously get very excited about that and want to be a part of it because it's the thing that's naturally a part of them it's like oh i want to be a part of goodness but i whether it's just because our society doesn't have a really strong religious or spiritual yearning in it i think people just people people are just looking for any chance to do the best at they just want to manifest that goodness in them and i don't think there's many avenues for people to do that even though right now there are so many ways and so many needs for people to be the best versions of themselves do you Mm -hmm. understand what i mean but there's not the people like you who are like listen i'm gonna start this or i'm gonna you know be the person that's you know being the spearhead of right whatever the fuck you want to say i'm not the person being the one here and I think, you know, I just, I, that's why I love this place because it's an example and it's a, you know, it's a memoriam of people that were like, you had the chance to do good and you chose to do good, yeah. you know? Well, and who wouldn't, you know? I mean, to me, it right. was a no-brainer. Right. Well, also, it was a gift. I'm like, you know, if, Lord, if the Lord's going to give us a roof and a floor and stuff, I'm, you know, I'll stop it. <laughs> right, yeah. But also, people... I think, you know, when they come in, that's the first thing I'll say is you gave me this and you brought that and you told mm-hmm. this friend and they came and got red and they helped mm-hmm. us, you know, because even everybody that came in to get red is still promoting the place and keeping it going, you right. know, and so I, it's, it's, it's almost overwhelming oh, actually well, when you think about it. Yeah. I mean, it's so, I mean, as somebody who's like tried to be a, 
independent whatever you know artist podcaster whatever the idea of you know so much of my people wouldn't know about my books if other people didn't tell them about it people wouldn't know about this podcast if people if the the fine listeners and viewers wouldn't tell people about it so go ahead and tell more people about it but um (laughs) i yeah i so for someone like you to i mean you've been doing this almost full-time for the last 30 years predominantly full-time for the last 30 years right 2000 i left at&t okay so so 20 years, years 21 years I mean, but that's still like twenty years is a long time to be doing something well, because you're not you're not depending on these people necessarily. They're you're providing something a, a service, service that yeah. is good enough and proper enough that it sustained itself for twenty years. And a huge part of it is having a spot like this that people can just come. And I, I'm sorry, I'm just rambling, but I think another thing that people love about this place is that it's so unlike like you you can't you can't manufacture this. Like you can't because you're saying like so many different energies, so many different people were involved in this. Yeah, even you know? if you tried to do it, like you said, it wouldn't carry that same energy because right. they all brought their energy in, and they're like, "I want to help, I want to do." Well, even like, and so that high that they had when they were here mm-hmm. just keeps multiplying and multiplying, right. you know. Well, and that like going back to the energy thing of just like the energy is just feeding off of itself and yeah. and growing, you know. And so that's yeah. But that, I also feel like. People needed a place where there wasn't any rules. Mm. Well, like, you know, in, in our society, it's you're not allowed to do this, you can't do that, you can't. And as we were, as children, we had a lot more freedoms. Now you can't drink and drive, you can't smoke, <laughs> you can't burp, you can't fart, you know. And people are just like, you know, okay, and so what are we allowed to do? You're allowed to sit in your room and look at each other, you know. It's like we're all been grounded across the world. It's terrible. Yeah. So, you know, my thought always was people need a recess, Mm -hmm. and you know so to me this was i always lived in the recess place you know it's like this is where people come to relax and enjoy themselves you know yeah and they need it because you can't just be keeping you can't just have stress 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 you know it's and then expect to be able to make it through life right you got to take a break the same as you need to sleep eight hours a night or whatever you also need to laugh and have a good time and you do it's mm-hmm. it's more vital than anything in my opinion mm-hmm. that you could possibly be doing is making sure that you take time out to enjoy it and and, th- and be grateful that right. was the next thing right because you can't you know? just you can't just the more grateful i was the more things kept happening <laughs> like this i mean it was almost funny like we would yeah. just sit there laughing going you're not going to believe what happened now we got a pool table you know i mean it's just <laughs> it's like what i think for me that's that's one of those things i wish i was more grateful because I have so much to be grateful for. And I think if I really sat and contemplated the amount of things that I have to be grateful for, I would, it would be overwhelming. But I don't, my, and this is just for me being a Westerner um, during the time that I'm alive, but I have a very analytical brain. And so when I look out into reality, I just kind of, I see everything based upon, you know, you know it's like I have a house. Well, it's, I have a house because I, I pay the bills and, and all of those checks and balances but at the end of the day at the bottom line is i have all of these things because god is good to me it doesn't it doesn't matter what i did it doesn't matter my thing it's i was given an opportunity to be whoever i am during the time that i am and it's an incredible gift it's a phenomenal gift you know and i'll tell you something tim after it got all done and i would come down here and i did i got on my knees on this floor and i thank the lord you know because that's what you do when you get this kind of gift. 
Yeah. yeah. You're not supposed to save it for yourself and to... It was never, you know, the whole place. When I bought it, my parents had already had 35 years of letting everybody play here. And so, you know, my mom sat me down. She goes, listen, you don't own shit. Like, she did. She said, you might have paid for it, but it's not yours. She said, this farm belongs to everybody, and you are a caretaker until you die, and then the next person will take it over. Yeah. Yeah. I know, we're so emotional. (laughs) But it's good shit, right? I mean... Well, and you just have you ever been so blessed that you can't even handle it? You know, yeah. like I know when people have children, it's like I can't even handle this. It's too much of a blessing, you know. Yeah. And so, just li- the fun part is, as a caretaker, you get to watch it all, right? And you get to watch everybody have their concerts and their friends here, and so it's just a blast. Yeah. To see it all, you know. Well, that's that's my favorite things about doing shows here is. Um, you want to try to find something for yeah, her? Yeah, I need a ticket. <laughs> I lost my snot rag. You know how I always have a snot rag? Yeah. Oh, it might be on the table over there. Um, you might see Jamie walking around in the background. Yeah. We get emotional, but, you know, the place has just been, I mean, what do you do with 60 years of a place where people just came to have fun? Yeah. I, I mean, mean, being able to sit, and I think, you know. And that makes your home life a blast because you never know who's going to show up with a guitar or a party <laughs> or, you know. You just sit here. It's like it's like owning Knobles or something, you know. Because <laughs> that's people are in a great mood. They know it. They want to camp out, hang out, campfire, whatever, you know. And so it's just like this. This now we all worked and stuff, you know. We never just rode the the show, and it certainly wasn't profitable per se. <laughs> I can't sell the place. I go too bad, Tim. I'm taking all the money, and then that's the end of that party, you know. Yeah. So I mean, you don't even make anything from what you put into it, except for the enjoyment of the of watching everybody and enjoying it yourself, also, you know. But I mean, that's ultimately that's the that's the greatest reward in heaven is to be able to look back on your life and say that you you cultivated a place where people were able to truly enjoy their life you know and so we so this whole podcast started off of the idea of loving your neighbor and for those of you who listen to the podcast often that's a mantra of mine and it's just because it's the truth and it's the it's the best thing that human beings can do for your own well somewhere along the line it got like we were i was i thought about the story i was laying in bed last night and i remember as a little girl and i mean i was little five or six or something but Dad and Uncle Bob and Uncle Don were trying to fix the barn door. And I was running around out there. And then people started pulling in. Like, this is 1966, 67. And I remember Dad saying, do you know that guy? And Uncle Bob, going, I don't know him. Because they were all raised in Philly, you know. Mm-hmm. And here it was the local farmers and shit. And they pulled in and they're like, hi, I live up the street. My name is Lee Miller or whatever. You need help? What do you need? And Dad... He said we didn't even know how to respond because we thought they were going to rob us. That's for being from yeah, Philly. Yeah. And so, yeah, and more kept pulling in. and pull, He said we knew the whole neighborhood in like a week yeah. and a half, you know. Yeah. And, I and think so that he couldn't believe not only that, that they were offering to help. Yeah. And so, you know, that kind of there for a while, that was the way I was raised. And then all of a sudden it got in everybody for themselves. Whoever has the biggest house wins. Whoever has the biggest car. Whoever has the biggest, you know, the nicest stuff. It got to be this, this there was this race against nobody, you know, to see who could have the most stuff or whatever, you know. And then, so I've been pushing this for years, this back to basics. You know, find your happiness where they say your bluebird's in your own backyard, you know. Mm. And everybody, instead of just having your house for you and your kids, you know, let your family back in, let your friends in, let your neighbors in, you know, and... 
I mean, Harry, this is so funny, but Harry, the neighbor, he has to help me once a year. Once a year, something breaks. I either get stuck in the lawn, stuck in the lawnmower. This year, I I, uh, mowed a Julie Wirt sign into the lawnmower. What's a Julie Wirt sign? Julie Wirt for Judge. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the the metal thing. Right around the thing. And I was like, oh, no. And Harry's like, I heard that one. And he had to come down and, like, pull the sign around the inside of the lawnmower. You know, I'm like, oh, my God, Harry. So that's the joke is once a year, Harry helps me, you know. Right. Well, but I think I think that's something that we've lost is, or in my time is just this. I, I think people have it with their friends, you know, because I have a strong group of friends that if Jamie and I needed somebody, they, to, would, be there. they would be there in a heartbeat, regardless of where, you know, if we were having problems, you need to pick, go ahead, pick that up. If we were having problems or if we were whatever, I just know that there are people in my life that regardless of circumstances that they would show up. And those people aren't necessarily my actual neighbors. Some of them are actual neighbors. But I really think that we, as people, especially younger people, we live so much more in the hyperspace or in the in the Internet than we do in reality. And so, so many of our friends and our colleagues and our, our people that we're supposed to be connecting with are people that are on the internet not people that you guys are in the cloud man right but i feel like that's i feel like i don't think that that's to our benefit necessarily (coughs) outside of (coughs) no you're fine outside of having you know the internet is a wonderful thing to help you find people who are (coughs) like-minded and build communities but when your door breaks the internet isn't your internet community isn't really going to help you so it's beautiful to have those things, and it's great to have them, and I'm not discouraging them at all. But you also want, you know, real blood and flesh friends and, and neighbors and, and right. people in your life. And I, I remember, you know, I'm not going to – I was going to tell a story, but it's not important. The, the moral of the story is don't expect people to – unless, you know, you have to take the first step. I think most people are waiting for, like – an opportunity to open up or something like that. And I think that's what people saw, like I was saying earlier with here, but it was because you took that first step to make that space. And I, you know, I would just encourage anybody listening, you know, when you think about the future, you think about what you want out of your life. It it isn't just going to miraculously happen without you taking those first steps of pursuing those things. That's right. But what I noticed is all you have to do is a couple and and then then all of a sudden it just you can't even handle all the blessings. Right. And I I totally agree with that. And I think I can't remember. If you're headed in the right direction. That's what I was going to say is if you when we talked about this earlier is just making sure that your intentions and your desires are aligned with that of the universe. Yeah, feel pure. And I think, and here's to be said, the the intentions of the universe will always be for betterment. It will always be for bringing people together. It will be for that um, loving the neighbor. If it's a church, people are like, oh, it's a church. Okay, Mm -hmm. let me give this. Let me give that. Here's clothing. Here's food. So there's no reason why you can't think of it or your neighbors as the same thing. Many churches, you know, it's many right. people doing their thing, you know. Yeah. And so. I, well, and that's, for me, man, my, one of the whole reasons. It's wh- all spiritual is what I'm trying to say. Right. Yeah. Well, one of, one of the main uh, reasons why, for me, loving your neighbor continually is the mantra of this podcast is because I don't see people progressing further in their spiritual walk, then there's nothing more holy. There's nothing more spiritual. There's nothing more religious. There's nothing more whatever than loving your neighbor. 
There's nothing more blissful. There's nothing more akin to godhood than being intentional about saying yes and loving and accepting to the people around you regardless of what those people well, are you know what what gives you the best feeling helping yourself or helping others helping others right i mean yeah. it's a no-brainer when you think about well, it. well i think i think helping yourself so there's a reason that ha- that happens right i think helping yourself is important and i think you need to do it to the degree that you are a functional human being but i believe that you help yourself to be the best version of yourself because the best version of yourself will overflowingly outpour love into the sur- your surroundings right. your neighbors you know whatever is who is i did a podcast a long time ago called who is your neighbor or and who is my neighbor check that out but the idea of it is just like whoever surrounds you in your field of consciousness that's your neighbor it's neighboring the you that sits in here right doesn't Everything. mean actually they live in your neighborhood right, right. it's whatever you're experiencing whatever story comes along that is your neighbor you know regardless of and i said this in that episode and i said this this is really ironic i mean as far as things are ironic um but i saw in my facebook memories i had this post and i i love this this the way that i put this but um i said jesus's love your neighbor has no end there's no bounds to which oh i no longer am required to love my neighbor i think when jesus gave that as the commandment of I, I, you know, I leave you to love your neighbors. It just echoed out into our our subconscious minds of just being like, well, that's what we're supposed to do. And I think we, and I think we know in our bones when we're not doing that and we're not being the best versions of. Loving I know a couple ourselves. people said to me, you know, aren't you afraid that somebody's going to wreck this place and stuff? And I thought, and I said right to him, I said, listen, I, I really pity that poor bastard <laughs> because there's been at least ten thousand people through this barn. Mm-hmm. easy since i had it not before mom and dad owned the whole place you know mm-hmm. so i said you would be probably the most wanted person in schuylkill <laughs> county for wrecking this barn because everybody has their own memories everybody's had their own fun here right. and i said to him i, I wouldn't want to i'm telling you they would hunt you down probably <laughs> it would not be good it would not be good no and you know what that's only because they love it mm-hmm. you know they love it as much as they love their own place and their own stuff you know and but I, I think that's something I don't know if it was intentional or what but I definitely inherited the how do you say this the I, I want to say the love for relaxing but that's not it because it sounds like laziness but I, I think you and I both understand that if people don't stop and enjoy their life they're just gonna kill themselves they're just gonna burn themselves yeah, you can't out have that level of stress without a break no and it's not just sleep if I, people think if I just sleep and work sleep and work I can do this but you're going to get depression is what's going to happen right. because if you don't if you go too long without laughing mm-hmm. you know then even even during the uh, covid and all that i still was like you know what i'm i'm still going to make sure i laugh every day because if for me without it it messes you up yeah. you know and so do i go looking for yeah i'll watch like old old barney millers with fish on or anything to give myself a yuck because i <laughs> i don't like going i don't like me when i get real serious like that Mm. and i don't like the way it makes me feel yeah i i mean that's my my biggest problem is that i tend if if i could not be as serious if the stick up my ass wasn't so far up my ass i would probably be a i mean i'm a fun person people enjoy hanging out with me but i i could just imagine if that stick wasn't 
as far up my ass as it is, how enjoyable I would be. Well, you know what what fixed that for me hmm. is when I, I asked the council, I'm like, you know, we were talking about life and all this, and they're like, listen, the Lord gave you univer- uh, eternal life, not eternal spacesuits. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when I, they're like, listen, you know, do you realize what that means? You have not only your 80 years here, but there is no end to your soul mm-hmm. ever. So, and like people are like, well, do I just have to come back here? Who knows? I mean, they said the other day there was what, like 140,000 or 140 billion universes out there that could have an Earth-like planet. 140 billion. So, I mean, and when you're a soul, you can travel and stuff. So, I mean, I, I really don't know. But what they're basically saying is there's no way that in eternity you could run out of fun stuff to do and places to be and all that, you know. So or you, that you things won't realize. eventually level out. And I think that that's a, a, a huge thing is people I mean, just... what a gift, though. Yeah. If you think about it, what a gift, you know. But see, all we see here is dead bodies, and it's like, okay, that person died, and they're done, you know. Well, you know, a lot of that comes to faith also. Mm-hmm. But when you think about it, would he really have you come in here for 80 years, you die, and that's it? I mean, yeah. what, what, you know, so yeah. there is in my opinion and like I said I know there's a higher intelligence because like I said when you see a cloud go by who made the cloud not one single person on this planet yeah. not one so it has to be somebody okay? yeah perpetuating <laughs> the thing forward right right and that we just happen to be spinning exactly the way we need to be spinning to survive I mean come on yeah. so but you know that so then what that did though Tim was it took the pressure off of me because I thought, oh, I got to learn all this by the time I'm 80 and I want to get straight A's and I want to do all. And then once I realized that I had eternity, I thought, you know, what are you running around like crazy for? You know, like take your time, enjoy well, your where life. You, because, where are you going to go? Well, you who knows? Like, well, you know, I mean, like, where, like, why, you know, you can't. Where did you come before you were here? I asked you that when you I were know. little. Well, what I mean is, like, you're not going to, you know, <laughs> Jesus has this quote where he says, what, you know, it's something along the lines of, has, has worrying ever added a, an hour to your life you know like has has spending time just sitting and being neurotic about something has that ever fixed it you know and the answer is no it's like yeah worry is a form of meditation right but i think so when you worry you're you're meditating on the negative and the problem is you're liable to manifest it right well i mean you most likely will manifest yeah. it more than not so okay so let's let's how how can you Let's say, because let's say people are at home or listening to this, and they're like, "Well, Marge, I don't have a barn that you know I can Neither use." Did this. I for years? Right. <laughs> well, so, well, okay. So where? How, yeah, but for people who want to start loving people now, who don't want to wait years for those things to show up, what would be some steps that you would say to them now to be like, "Well, how do we? How do you begin this process of loving loving your neighbor?" Okay, well, you know, back to that school thing I always talk about, it's a school, right? So what's the first thing you do? You create a homeroom. Mm -hmm. And that's all this is, is my homeroom. So this is where I, you know, base myself out of. So when you think about it, what if you ever walk through a kindergarten school and you can look in and they have kites hanging from the ceiling and all the kids are are creative and they're enjoying themselves. So I always say to themselves, make your home. What you want to do is make your home your paradise. Mm -hmm. That's that's in reality if you can do that it's just like saying i want my favorite job if, mm-hmm. you know because the amount of time you spend at home and the amount of time you spend at work are huge mm-hmm. so like for me i always thought like if i don't go to the shore this year that's five thousand bucks i can dump in here which is a place that'll stay way longer than a week right. you know yeah. so some of the things 
the, the, I would just say make your home your paradise and make it a happy place to be and because it'll just like you said light attracts light mm -hmm. so the more fun you have going there the more people will come in and and also this whole thing like I'm not I, I can't decorate with you know weirdo things or whatever you know there's no rules unless you make them upon yourself you mm -hmm. know and like I said I was lucky enough to get raised in that kind of environment where you were allowed to be creative and, and make whatever you want right and, yeah. but why it's your homeroom Mm -hmm. So make it into whatever you want it to be. Yeah. And well, I think people are scared to be. Now I forgot the question. Well, the, the, the question was: Is how do you how how can you encourage people to begin? How do, how do people begin loving their neighbor? And you said set up a good house. Well, you have to be stable where you're at, okay? Right. And then you can have people over, mm -hmm. or you can you know because what happens is they see it and they're like, I want this, like you said. Yeah great make it at your house right. you know what's your theme what do you like you know mm -hmm. and so they're like themed classrooms they're way more fun than when i think go <coughs> kind of just going off of that i think people are <coughs> excuse me you're good i think people are scared to genuinely want to decorate their house with art because i think it takes a while to build an actual to understand what your taste is you know like you have to hang up some ugly shit to be like well that's well that's trial right. and error i mean right. nobody just puts it up and it's perfect but right. but i know, think people are scared of that process hold, hold on i think people are scared of that process because i there i think i think a whole reason that people just go to walmart and mm -hmm. buy whatever stock photo they have there and put it in their place in their house where they should have a photo because people are scared of potentially potentially trying something different and then having somebody else who isn't trying anything being like well that was dumb you know because i think people who are trying to be genuinely creative whether that be in house decorating or the arts or whatever aren't going to be as quick to shit on somebody else who's trying to be well i told you that about when you were first starting and, and you're, you're like i'm writing these songs and not everybody likes them and they don't know and i always say tim it's so easy to sit back and be the criticizer mm -hmm. that's an easy job you just point fingers and you go this is i'm the this, i don't like this i don't like that you know yeah. But the people with the real set of balls are the ones out there trying to create and putting the visors on that even if someone says that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have a vision on something and you can see it, create it, you know. Mm -hmm. And that's a great thing to say because, like, even, cause even if I don't like the vision that you have or you don't like it that I have, it's just like, well, who cares? It's not your vision and it might not be for you. And I, that's that's a big thing that I've tried to have to learn as I got older would be like, the things that I don't like aren't that doesn't make them bad. It just means I don't like them. They're for somebody else. They exist here as a pleasure source for someone else, whether but that you be can, music you or you can appreciate other people's stuff. Too. I appreciate I appreciate I appreciate people appreciating things. Is you know that's what I mean. Like so, I'm not a big fan of like I don't know. I'm trying to think of like a style of like a whatever like a a certain genre of music. Fill in the blank. And it's like I could sit here and be like, yeah, that's bad for this and that's the reason it's what or whatever. Or I could be like, listen, it's awesome that there's music that these people get to enjoy. And there's also it's awesome that I have music that I get to enjoy. Right. You know, like um, well, just a little peek behind the curtain. Jamie and I, when we were driving over here, she was playing a band that like it's, isn't necessarily my favorite. But a I know that she puts up with me playing my music that isn't oh, necessarily her favorite. So that's a way of <laughs> loving your neighbor. <laughs> and but it's also like I love thinking about you know how stoked I get and how 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 much I enjoy the music that I love with all my heart and yeah. then it's like well I'm not gonna I, for a lot it's it it is it, 
there is an asshole in me that wants to go, this is stupid. But then I look at the girl that I love being like, la, 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 this is so fun. I'm like, well, that, it doesn't, everything else doesn't matter to me right. besides that right there. Right. You know? So. And you know, like I said, the amount of time that you spend in your home, mm-hmm. you know, and they say, oh, uh, people come over all the time and say, oh, man, I, I really like this feeling and this. And I'm like, well, then make your home your, it should be well, then your take, place. Well, do bring, do, you can do this. Yeah, it doesn't have to even be my style. All mm-hmm. I'm saying is, and it, it probably won't be. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I like. Do I get upset over that? No, I love going to see other people's stuff and all their creativity. Well, right, because you know? and again, it's like, well, why would you want to live in a universe where everybody is Margaret Kinsey? You know, like what? Yeah, makes, we don't want to do that. Well, I think we would rather than a world where everyone's Timmy Mangle. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, it. What makes you so special is the fact that yours. This is unique, you know. And I think I think everyone's unique. I hate when. I hate when anybody gets called ordinary. I think if there's if there's anything of any sense of ordinary, it's the fact that they're just not trying into to be you know, anything more. I, than I would say this honestly to you, Tim. Too, we were raised in that open-mindedness. Like if I wanted to do this in my bedroom, my mom wouldn't have given a shit, you know. So, I think uh, when people were coming in, going, "Do you realize how weird this is?" I really didn't realize how weird it was. Mm. Like to me, it was. To me, it was you know just Normal. just being yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, anybody that knows me knows, where do you think I got all this stuff? Because I already had it, you know. (laughs) It just needed, I finally had enough room, and even then it filled up quick. Well, I remember even being a kid and filling my, I'm sure, I remember you hating this, and now we're going back to family talk, but me filling up my rooms with pictures of skateboarders, and it just, you know, because I just hung them up with tape, so I just ruined the painting on the walls and all that stuff. But I think, I think you saw, as any parent does, is a, is a child who's trying to express himself. Right, and that, there's another. Okay, so that's another good question: is how do you encourage? Because I hear this a lot. I'm sure you do too. People being like, "I love, I love what you did here. I love this, but I'm not creative. I wish I was creative." I, what What advice would you give to those well, people? Well, that was where I was at. Mm. You know? Yeah, because I mean, you worked for AT and T, so that's yeah. You I know. couldn't do anything. So, you know, like I can't draw, I can't paint, I can't anything. You so know? what? what's your advice? So what I said was I just went with the flow, and as they brought the stuff, I hung it up. I mean, it wasn't – I went, okay, that's about a foot from there, so that should be about a foot from there. <laughs> right, like, yeah. You know, so I mean, I don't know anything about this stuff. So it was more intuitive? So it was just – it was just – really wanting people to put up their I wanted they went to the trouble to bring it so mm. I wanted to make sure it was shown you know mm-hmm. so that's all it was when but I there was no master plan trust right. me you want to put that the here. plan was there is no plan well I think there's but I, I think also they're like can I smoke and I said yeah you can smoke all you want because you can't smoke anywhere else yeah. you know so it's like we want to relax and have a cigarette where in our generation that was you could eat yeah. you know have yeah. a cigarette at the diner right, or right. anywhere right so now no more. Now you're an adult. You're not allowed to do anything that you were doing as a kid. So I know it sounds stupid, but there's a lot of people that smoking calms them down. I, I hate to use mm-hmm. this as an example because it's so bad for you. But at the same time, you know, they want to relax. So it's like, you should see them, Tim. They're like, well, can I have a cigarette? I don't like Yeah, no, I mean, because when we have shows in here, people are the same way. And I'm no, like. No, I said, you burn it down and you're going to piss off like 10,000 people. Well, so I wouldn't see, do that. Nah, but but here's, you know. here's the really important thing that I think, and this is why when people come here and I, they ask if they can smoke, I'm like, please smoke. Because it's going to teach you responsibility. That's right. Because I think. Because for the longest time, part of the reasons why you can't smoke in restaurants is, you know, obviously there's a huge health benefits, but it's also the idea of like 
you should be responsible enough that if I have something that's has a flame in a room that's filled with wood, I should be a responsible enough adult to handle both the flame and the fact that I'm surrounded by wood. Yeah. You know? So, like, I, I love being, like, just this little subtle, like, test of being, like, well, yeah, are you going to step up and be responsible enough even to... Even drinking here and stuff. Like, right. people are like, can I have a drink? I'm like, yeah, but if you go out and kill somebody, again, the party's over for all of us. Oh. All of us. Right. You know, so I always... I always emphasize that. Don't ruin it for everybody just because you're an asshole and you can't, you know. <laughs> well, and that's, I think. So, and, and you know what? Ten years, you know, knock on wood, everybody kept it nice. Nobody knocked it down. Nobody heard it. Nobody took a thing out of here. Yeah, that's another amazing I, I thing. I never, never was missing anything. And if they needed it, so be it, you know. And, but, well, I mean, nobody stole And if it's it, gone... Nobody, who knew, you know? Like, <laughs> With all the stuff that's in here. Well, I would know, believe it or not. I know what's in here. Especially because I just spent a week cleaning yeah. everything. Yeah. But, um, you know, that's, that's the neat part about it is when it's everybody's, it, you have ownership of it. So why would you want to trash your own place, you know? Well, and, and a place where you have great memories. Well, know? that's another thing is I think, you know, I, I, I can't remember. I feel like we've been dancing around this idea, but... Uh, one of the another thing that's so amazing about this place is because it's not like anywhere else you could try to get like we could go to some place like and it would be similar to this but it would be a bar or it would be a airbnb or something it would have some sort of like capitalistic niche on it so it's like it makes it okay to come here whereas this place is just like this is just <laughs> this is just for humans if you're a human you can come here and yeah, like there's no yeah. yeah like there's no like you were saying, there's no purpose in it outside of then just we have a deep understanding of you need to enjoy your... Well, fuck, man. Like, why would you come here and not enjoy it? Like, why would I fly to Spain and not go out of my way to enjoy Spain? Right. You know? Yeah. Like, I, you're here. You're Regardless of your circumstances, it could be shitty. Most people's circumstances when they're here are pretty shitty. For And especially throughout all of human history, most people's shit has been shitty. But for some reason, all of these beautiful things have popped up along the way, and it's because people have been intentional about, I'm going to, regardless of the circumstances of my life and the shitty situation that I'm in, I'm going to pursue a path that makes the world a better place and doesn't just continually, we live in this narrative of, this is just the kind of giving it up and the self-defeating. It like a matrix, though, too. Like, it, it really is uh, a well, matrix. In so? that, you know, you, you can... You can take any, like my cousin Jimmy used to say, if you put me, lock me in a closet, I'll take my socks off and make sock people. <laughs> like, it's like, we were just taught to entertain ourselves, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, in any circumstance, you know, and I realize there's a lot of horrible stuff out there and all that, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, I even said that to the Lord. I said, why am I in a school where they're raping and pillaging people? Like, what the hell? I don't want to learn this stuff, you know, and I don't want to share space with people that are. And he said, basically... You're writing your own curriculum, is what I understand. So as long as we keep raping and robbing, we're going to need the rape and rob wing where people go to get penalized for doing bad things. Right. So if we would stop doing that, the energy that holds that wing would collapse. Right. And so as an example, we used to you know, throw the Christians to the lions. That was the big thing at the time. Now it's not anymore. What happened to the classrooms? They dissolve yeah. without energy. Well, that's... See, so, I, I think... I... But I wanted to finish this thought. Sorry, go ahead. No, what go ahead. he said to me, this is the end of it. He just, the council or whoever, they're like, listen, set up your wing. If I could put this on a t-shirt, I would. Set up your own wing and do your own thing. 
you don't have to go into these other classes unless you do something to get into them. Right. They are going to exist because the people still need the classroom for one mm -hmm. reason or another. When we stop needing the classroom, it'll dissolve. In the meantime, set up your own classroom, set up your own wing, make your own paradise and have at it. Right. So, I mean, this, this is just like when people say, I'll never marry again. Marriage on, is an empty classroom with a sign that says marriage on the top. It does, the, the experience you're going to have is who you do the class with. <coughs> so if you don't get along with your mate, okay, you're going to have the worst. You know, marriage was hell for me. My, now, people that do have a nice marriage class, it's the best class I ever took. Right. So the classes are, and all these classrooms are neutral. Mm. It's who you take the classes with. And your perspective and your, on And them. your experience there, yep. yes. Yep. But you don't want to hate the school because of the classrooms and because of other people's decisions you know and like and again like i'm i'm you know you and me both have had our fair share of suffering in life and so we don't need to sit here and say that we're we're not people should people who know us know that we're not exempt from the sufferings of life but it's in the midst of all those things well okay so there's this there's this book you'll you you this is so much more my book than it is your book but it's called the myth of the myth of sisyphus and the first line is... I can't even pronounce it, so yeah. I'd have trouble reading it. The myth... Know? It's a fucking... The myth of Sisyphus. Sisyphus. Sisyphus? <laughs> Sisyphus. Sisyphus. Okay. Um, and the first line in the book is, the only true philosophical question is whether or not it is worth it to kill yourself. And, yes. That's, yeah, but you can't. If, because well, no, what I we'll said see. about but that here, spacesuit... So here's... here's you he, still live on. Right. But here's... So here's what... Here's this book what this book is about the myth of sisyphus is a greek i believe story where sisyphus this man is cursed with every day oh is that the rock guy yep okay he has to push a rock up a mountain and when he gets to the top it rolls back down and now i can tell you the last line of the book the last line of the book is i imagine as sisyphus pushes his boulder up the hill he finds his task joyful and it's the whole book is essentially this idea of well, how do you find meaning and purpose and whatever these positive things in the midst of something as repetitive of pushing a boulder up a hill eternally that's just going to fall down? Because I think so many people want to try to escape. And this is we last time we hung out not on the podcast but in real life, we had a conversation about does do we ever get to a point where death and destruction or pain and suffering isn't a part of the equation? And I don't know, because there's a part of me that's like, well, do we learn without suffering? And how do we learn down the line when those things aren't a part of it? Or do we get to a place that we're so spiritually evolved that we no longer see pain as this negative thing, but we've integrated it into the rest of my life? I feel like you're going to say that I think too much about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, thank God I don't. You know, like, I just have a... What am I having for breakfast, and and how can I get a yuck, and you know, you know, the minimal things I got to do for the day, you know. Well, that's again, I think, I think that's some of that's I know it's my personality. It's not. I will go out of my way to change a bad mood. I really will. Mm. Or if I'm thinking about negative stuff, because we've talked about this too. It's just a pop up. Mm -hmm. The only thing I was been saying this a lot to people that come in recently. What is in your head? I don't know. So the only one keeping it alive is you. Right. So if I meet you for the first time and you say, oh, I'm a circus clown. I've been a circus <laughs> clown for 30 years. I would believe you. Why wouldn't I believe you? <laughs> right? So uh, 
so really that past carrying around all that those lessons learned or whatever i would just for me i see mm. them as lesson learned mm -hmm. but i know that my whole life's been recorded and that if i want to i can pop up and i can picture the nastiest things that ever happened to me oh so that's part of that spiritual awakening we had that class before on purpose i'm not doing that mm -hmm. okay it doesn't mean i'm denying it or i haven't thought it through i get the lesson but there's no reason to run the movie over and over again right. because again here's the energy you're sending out and here's the universe going okay let's make more of that because that's what she's focusing on right you know? and that's just how the universe works is that it's and i think yeah it's completely neutral right i think again, and i like think the classrooms but i feel like neutral. people people hear that and they think oh the universe doesn't care it's like well no what do you what do you put into the universe is what it's going to give back it says so it's, it's like a big genie your wish is my command see but then that's how going back that's how he uh, the universe eventually turns into santa claus because people hear that and then they hear like oh well that means i can just ask for it. it's like no the universe is it has its own intention behind it but how you it's not going to force itself on you necessarily outside of you have to you have to do your part Right. So you can't just ask for something and not, you know, and sit there on the well, sofa. I think this is that but might just you, be what I'm trying to say. If those two match, like if you ask for something and then you pursue it mm -hmm. and it's working and it's going, you're getting good signs and all that kind of stuff, then you know you're on the right path. Right. So. And I think I think we know we have a internal, you know, biological evolutionary response to be like we're you can feel when you're not in the right alignment. You can feel when you're not in the right place, you know? Well, and it's just like this constant uphill battle, which is right. back to Sisyphus. Sisyphus. I don't know. It's back to the Snuffleupagus <laughs> oh, guy. Jeez. <laughs> All right. Well, we just passed an hour, so anything you want to say or any final encouragement? I just you wanted to, to, to thank everybody. Mm. You know, and hopefully your generation will continue this. They've already started coming here. You've been great to have them come, and I love it because to me, it's like, oh my God, you're living to see the next plop here coming along yeah and uh hopefully if you set it up correctly and people have that same respect for the property and and my friends and my parents friends that were here before you you know that the classroom there's no reason why this can't keep existing right. as long as everybody keeps putting good energy into it you know right yeah and like i said if you have to sell it someday then sell it but you know i would probably haunt your ass and <laughs> i wouldn't want to be you <laughs> Wow. No, I mean, Dad told me that too. He said, if you know, if they start breaking in the door and they're robbing it, and you got to sell it, sell it. He goes, Morgan, right. I don't want you to be afraid to sell it. So I'm saying that to you also. Yeah. But I would prefer if it would stay. You know, yeah. why not? Like, right. why not just keep working at it? You might have to fix here and there. You know, but yeah, it's, it's already got so much love poured into it. Why? Yeah, and never ever think that it's just yours because mm. it's not. It's not even close to being mine. It's just not. Yeah. I got the keys. <laughs> Eventually, you'll have the keys. And that's, you know. Yeah. And, and what a beautiful thing. And hopefully, the, the, the thousands of people that I put through here, the thousands of people my parents put in, hopefully, you guys, and, you know, blessing it all. It, there's thousands more, and your kids and everybody else. I mean, wait till you show your kids. They're not going to believe it. Yeah. They're going to be like, look at what mom and dad have. Wow. We gotta, and then you got to teach them, you know, mow it and take care of it, and it'll take care of you. Yeah. And never, you know, guys, uh, the other thing I would say is add the laughter back in. You know, mm -hmm. even if you're grounded by COVID or whatever, get a Scrabble game, get something, you know, and don't don't just sit there because you're going to get messed up just focusing on this stuff. Yeah. You know, I turn on the news, get a gist of what's going on and shut it off. You know, that's what I said when this happened. I said, COVID doesn't exist in my wing. It just doesn't. And no. so far, I haven't had any trouble with it. So. 
you know, where thoughts go, energy goes. Well, friends, thank you so much for, yeah, for tagging along. And I, I hope that this has really been encouraging to you to just don't wait for the places that you want. Don't, don't be the change. I mean, Gandhi says this, be the change you want to see in the world. So it's, if you want a space that's light and filled with love and all those things, don't be scared to be that place and to cultivate that place. And I, here's what I'll say. I don't think I've ever been punished by the universe for going out of my way to love somebody. I haven't always gotten what I've wanted and I've faced a lot of shitty circumstances in my life and situations in my life. But at the end of the day, I don't think I've ever, I don't have any regrets about times that I've intentionally gone out of my way for loving other and like people. they say it always starts at home if you want be the change that you want to see so if everybody would take their homerooms and make them into their ideal paradise how great would that be you know right. especially because i really do believe that there's going to be more of entertaining yourself at home the way things are going right now even just for safety issues on your family or whatever then there's going to be on uh you know going out into the big world for a little bit until they, we get right. this straightened out so but there's no reason why detention can't be a blast, you know? Yeah. What was the name of that movie? The Breakfast Club? Or yeah. Whatever? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to laugh this up because you're just going to keep going if I... Absolutely. If, <laughs> if you give me time, I will talk about it forever. And thanks, everybody. Um, uh, we have a Patreon account. If you want to sign up for that, get a little extra bonus and also help out. I just also want to say a big thank you to everyone who does that, including the beautiful lady sitting across me. So thank you for that, Mom. Um, and thank you for coming on the podcast. And thank you for yeah. bringing all the stuff down. It was oh, really a pain no in problem. the butt. I know that it's and not. I love you, and I'm always. The, yeah, these. Yeah, I just these are just precious just for me to have, and I don't care how many l- listens or whatever I get from this. So it's just worth it to me to be yeah, able after to have. I die, you'll be like, "Here's mom yeah. in the barn," and, I, and I'll never listen to it because the whole time I'll just fucking cry. <laughs> <laughs> so and I'll be laughing. Why? Because all that happened is my spacesuit broke. That's yeah. it. Okay? No, I'm not. It's it's so. the well, it's the overwhelming blessing of it all. It's not. I w- I'm not going to be when you die. It's not going to be a problem of oh, when she's gone because I know you're just off doing. Whatever it is, it's the, the overwhelming next adventure. right. It's the overwhelming blessing of being your child, and that's it's the greatest. Hey, thing. It's mutual, baby. Well, good. All right. Every parent <laughs> thinks their kids swell, and uh, you're there. You know, yeah. I couldn't have <laughs> asked good. for a better son. I've said it over and over again. All right, let's stop this shit. All right, <laughs> All right thanks everybody. Um, <laughs> thanks for watching us cry and making us cry. All right, uh, I was gonna say Come I love you to the viewers. <laughs> We do. Well, you got to love your neighbors, I love, right? I do love my neighbors. <laughs> you're going to be sorry you ever brought that up. That's why you're here today. Because I'm like, I'll show oh, him how to love God. his neighbors. <laughs> you don't know shit about loving your That's neighbors. That's right. Let me show you what I did. <laughs> All right. Goodbye, everybody. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Bye. Bye.